This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning. Uh, happy November, everyone, or should I say uh, happy November? This week, I'm talking all about men's mental health, and in particular, looking at why teachers and schools celebrate the month and importance of November. All that and more on your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, Jane Clark. Tune in, talk it out live. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, James Clark, live from London. I hope wherever you are, you are having an absolutely fantastic day, and I'm super excited to have you here with me. This week we are indeed talking all about Movember. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Um, wow. Bit of a mare today. Uh, starting off the show. Um, got in, got into school, got ready to do it all. Uh, and then realised that for some reason it took me a solid like five minutes, ten minutes to try and find um, the hashtag key. I've got a brand new uh, laptop that I just brought. Um, and... I could not for life me work out how to turn the button or press the buttons so I got a hashtag. So uh took me a little while to work that out, but there we go. I now know for the future. Welcome uh, everybody. Uh really excited to have you here with me, James Clark, for the Wednesday morning breakfast show. Um my favourite time of the week. Um I really enjoy being here on a Wednesday with you all and talking about a whole array a range of different topics that we have on offer. Um, I got up so early today, uh, or late, I should say, that I didn't even have time for my coffee. So I'm going to apologise now in advance that uh, I'm currently running off having just milk this morning and not coffee. So I'm sure I will wake up by 8.30, but who knows, who knows. Um, Luckily, I'm not teaching period one, so I can have plenty of time for coffee then to get into the system. 
But how are you spending your Wednesday morning? That is the question. Um, are you out and about already? Are you already at school? Uh, perhaps you are making your way in or perhaps you are leisurely eating your, I was going to say leisurely looking into, but that didn't quite make sense. Uh, leisurely looking into your bowl of cornflakes or Weetabix or any of the above. Um, I'm really excited to talk about November with you all and share your views, but I want to know more about why you think it's important and how you are deciding to celebrate it in your school. We've just started uh, looking at November, actually, and obviously with it only being the uh, the third today. And we we're doing lessons with all the year groups. Uh, we just had my first lesson about November with my year uh, nines. And we were looking at November and the first thing one of them said, and I said to them, who knows what November means? And about three put their hands up. And then I said, OK, um, we're about to move on to the next slide. And as I was about to move on to the next slide, I put the hand up and went, sir, I, I thought it was just because you spelt November wrong, but I didn't want to tell you. And I was like, no, no, that that's not at all uh, the reason. But it was very nice that, you know, very well and quite dyslexic. They could have told the children that. They just thought Mr. Clark was having a dyslexic moment and couldn't spell uh, November. But alas, that was not true, as they found out. We're going to look more at that, though, and look at the ways that schools are celebrating it and why we're having that conversation very, very soon. But first of all, here is your news for this morning. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. A number of studies have been carried out to find out the best ways to mitigate for pandemic-induced learning losses. Some which have been carried out in the US, Canada and Chile highlight the benefits of extending the school day. In 2020, school pupils in England lost an average Studies conducted in Latin America and the Caribbean have raised the psychological cost to teachers as a possible consequence. While there may be benefits, pupils would not benefit from being taught by teachers who are stressed and burned out. Teachers' needs and perspectives need to be taken into account for any educational recovery plan to be effective. In Northern Ireland, Education Minister Michelle McElveen has launched a £5 million scheme to support therapeutic and counselling services in primary schools. This new initiative, the Healthy Happy Minds Pilot Service, will run until March 2022. She said, the Healthy Happy Minds Pilot is one of a range of measures supporting the implementation 
of the Children and Young People's Emotional Health and Wellbeing in Education Framework, providing support to primary school pupils with an aim to prevent and reduce mental health issues. When we consider that 50% of mental health problems are established by the age of 14, the importance of promoting emotional health and well-being at the earliest age is clear. This has been your daily education news briefing. Good morning and welcome back to your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, Jane Clark, live from London. This morning we are talking all about Movember. So, are you celebrating Movember in your school? Let me know in the chat or online on Twitter. Hashtag TT Radio. So, here we are. November, Movember, already. Uh, dare I say the C word? Um, it is coming. Uh, I was standing waiting my bus this morning and I can already start to see the decorations um, starting to appear in the shops. I guess Halloween is out of the way and that's it. I won't dwell on that though. I know it is a very controversial subject and as controversial as we do things here on uh, Teachers Talk Radio at times and we like to challenge and have good debates. I don't quite think it's ready to open up that debate um, on whether it's too early or not, because uh, it's a it's a divider, isn't it? That one. Oh, but I haven't yet really, and I nearly did. I haven't yet heard an actual Christmas song, although I did hear the start of one and went, "Nope, okay, that's it. Not not yet." I mean, I love a Christmas song, but I said not yet. Um, I mean, my class of year eight yesterday did decide at the end of a lesson to go round in a circle, clapping and stomping jingle bells. But I'm not going to count that. I'm just going to count that as not Christmas. <laughs> um, and go along with that one. But thankfully, as I'm sure you're all aware, that's not the discussion today. We are indeed looking at Movember as a really important um, a moment, I guess, and celebration and moment we recognise that looks at men's health um, in particular, um, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and of course, men's mental health. And it's a really interesting topic to, to explore. And when I, I said at the start of the show, I've been looking at it a lot, uh, or will be looking at it a lot with students. And it really surprised me that lots of the students that I spoke to in year nine yesterday, 
didn't really know much about it and didn't really know what it would for. And just for those of you who are um, thinking, actually, I'm not too sure what it's about. This is from the Movember website. And it says, uh, men's health is in crisis. Men are dying on average five years earlier than women and for largely preventable reasons. A growing number of men, around 10.8 million globally, are facing life with a prostate cancer diagnosis. Globally, testicular cancer is the most common cancer among young men. And across the world, one man dies by suicide every minute of the day. With males accounting for 75% of all suicides. Prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the men in men in the UK and globally more than 1.4 million men are diagnosed with prostate cancer each year and across the country there are more than 395,000 men living with and beyond the disease and many don't go to the doctor to get checked out. Testicular cancer isn't very common, but it makes up for only 1% of all male tumours, but it's the most common cancer, cancer apologies, in males aged 15 to 39. Unfortunately, the testicular cancer survival rate is pretty good with treatment at 95%. Just some really um, quite, I guess, I guess the only way to sort of describe it is is, is shocking um, statistics there from the Movember.org website and the organisation. And, you know, we've been online or live for this show around about 15 minutes. You know, it's been about 21 minutes past seven now. And that means that 21 men in the time that this show has been running have taken their life. and. That to me, you know, globally is just absolutely, uh, I can't even begin to comprehend or, or even, you know, even, I don't even know, I can't even get the words. Like when I said that to my students yesterday, and it's not about scaremongering, and it's not about, you know, um, giving shocking and uh, or uh, controversial facts or statements or what, it's not about any of that just to make an impact. But actually, that is the fact. And we need to face that and we need to look at that and think, actually, what are we going to do about it? You know, how are we going to address that? How are we going to change that? And lots of students just didn't believe it. And it's such a hard, it's it's impossible to kind of get that into your head and sort of understand the state that we are currently in with this. And we talk a lot about why is that, you know, why are we... uh, finding that men account for 75% and and boys account, you know, for 75%. And lots of it does just come down to this idea of toxic masculinity and what it is to be a man and what the expectations are to be a man. And we talk about this in school a lot, as I'm sure lots of people do, you know, toxic masculinity, um, starting right from a young age. And there was a fantastic thing I found and I was looking for this um for one of my lessons and 
it just got me thinking, oh my goodness, there it is in plain, well, not necessarily black and white in colour now, but in plain black and white. And it was uh, this part that this, this quote that I took from a website, it says, Love Island is, and I've, I've watched about two episodes of Love Island. I don't quite get it, but I can slightly see the addiction. But Love Island, the most watched programme on TV amongst 16 to 24-year-olds has been criticised for openly promoting toxic masculinity. The men on the show are athletic, good-looking and competitive, and the women are slim, beautiful and referred to as difficult if they show, show signs of anger or annoyance. And I thought, wow, there is a real, you know, modern day in your face example of exactly this idea of where young men and boys are being told how they should act or what is deemed good enough, whether that's look wise, whether that's behavior wise, you know, all of those things, you know, a very lad culture, lad culture type a show in lots of ways where it's okay for the men to brag about sex and to brag about getting girls and to move from girl to girl without being seen as, you know, wrong or uh, unacceptable. And that is seen as absolutely fine. And I thought, what an image, <laughs> what an image we are giving to our young people with that being one of the most popular TV shows out there at the moment. And I, you know, as an adult, I think we know it's reality TV. We kind of get it. But actually, is that right? Does that make it right just because we accept that that's TV? I don't know. Um, and I think schools have a massive place in addressing this. Absolutely. I think schools can really make a difference here um, and try to make a difference. But look at what we're up against. Yeah, we're up against literally million, million pound shows and TV interests. And oh, my goodness, how are we going to do that? But we will get there nonetheless. Um, but I wanted to know why are you and your school um, celebrating November? And I thought while I was here, I would just read my statement as to why I wanted to recognise and celebrate November this year. And I have indeed grown, or I say grown, starting to grow. My moustache, um, gone clean shaven. The ginger beard has gone uh, to the dismay of lots of my students and everybody I know. It was like, oh my goodness, what's happened? Um, but I'm sure it will grow back. But as I say, it's for a really important cause. But this is my statement that I wrote on my uh, November pledge and, and account. And it was the following. Men don't cry. False. Men don't feel. False. Men don't do emotions. False. Men are human. True. At times, my own thoughts have scared me. And there have been days where even waking up felt an impossible task. Just like everyone. My life has seen hurdles, difficulties and moments of struggle. I would be lying if I said I didn't feel like giving up at times, but we have to keep fighting. I'm standing together with my students, friends, colleagues, family and every male out there throughout November and beyond. Let's open up. 
look after our bodies and mind, talk to each other, cry together, but most importantly, care for each other. You are loved, you are wanted, you are needed. And that is my pledge uh, for today, and that is my pledge for November, and that is why I will be uh, celebrating and recognising the month. And looking through on Twitter and also a post I put on Facebook about this, you too have been sharing your reasons as to why you will be celebrating November, why it's important to you. That's that's just my view. Uh, that's why I will be recognising it. But Brian uh, Reeve Hayes on tw- on Facebook said, I'm a teacher and I'm supporting November because men's health is often overlooked and that needs to stop. Thank you for sharing that with me. And we've got a few more coming through on Twitter as well. And I'm just going to bring up one of those um, just for you now. There are lots of resources available as well. As I can see, the PSHE um, specialists um, are saying that the PSHE Association have lots of amazing resources and lessons for November from lots of different uh, sites as well. So do go have a look there. I know I've used those in the past as well. And of course, go and find out your facts on movember.org.uk. We had a, a message that came through um, from, I'm just going to get this one up, um, Edu. And I love this. This is a, this is a new Twitter that uh, just started following me called um, Edu Snap Cup. Um, and they were just talking about, and we were having a message about, actually, it's such a good cause. And it's about not just celebrating and, and recognising men's health, which, of course, is so important. But actually, it's about recognising positivity as well and and the good things that, that can be achieved and the amazing thing that can be achieved when we all work together and have those sort of open discussions. And I really, really uh, enjoyed uh, having that conversation with Edgy Snap Cup. So um, and thank you. Very, very much for that. Looking, though, more at what we can do, and I think this is this is the kind of the discussion route going down today, and, and what we're looking at is this idea of a Movember pledge. You know, what is going to be your Movember pledge? You know, how are you going to support men's health? And that's what I want you to be thinking about on your way to work today, on your way uh, eating your way through your breakfast, whatever you're doing at the moment. Or indeed, of course, if you're listening to the show back, which of you can do across many platforms, you can go to our website, tttradio.org, or you can look on Twitter where you'll find links to all the past shows on there as well, at TT Radio 2021 or go on to Spotify or indeed Apple Podcasts and simply search Teachers Talk Radio and you will find all of the fabulous shows um, that are taking place there as well. But if you are thinking that you want to join us and you want to get involved with Teachers Talk Radio, then you absolutely can. Um, Just contact us, get involved and why not become part of the uh, amazing team that's involved behind Teach Talk Radio, which has grown massively, um, hugely over recent times. And we're really excited to see and move into the next steps of Teachers Talk Radio. Before we go any further, though, and talking about the amazing work that happens here on Teach Talk Radio, lots of that is down to our fabulous and wonderful support of our promoters. So here is a very short 
advertisement for you. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Oh, that ended very quickly. <laughs> Sorry about that. That just sort of ended. I thought it was going to carry on. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. There we go. Uh, that was much quicker. Yeah, this is what happens when you're not fully prepared and checking and listening to all the soundtracks there. Uh, well, welcome back. There we go. That's quick. Do you know what? Should we have a bit of music? Because uh, I didn't even get to play my intro music. Here we go. There we go. November. That's the discussion today. Let's talk about it. Looking at your November pledge, looking at what you can do to make a difference. I'm going to explore a little bit more about toxic masculinity very soon and what some students had to say about it. Time now is 7.33, it is Wednesday the 3rd of November, and we are live here, all the way from a cold, bitter London. It is very, truly, quickly turned into winter. Um, hello from Ghana, hello, nice to meet you, welcome to the show, thank you for joining us. Um, I wish I was somewhere a little bit warmer today, as you can probably tell from my voice, um, which is probably sounding a little bit coldy. I'm just getting over another cold. I seem to be getting all the colds at the moment and they keep kind of coming in and out and I can't get rid of it. So um, yes, that's quite difficult at the moment, but we'll get through it. We'll make it, we'll get there. But November, that's the question, that's the topic. And we were looking earlier at toxic masculinity and I was talking to my students about what they have to say about toxic masculinity and why they think it exists and kind of where is it from and all of those sort of questions. And if you've not heard of the term um, toxic masculinity before, toxic masculinity is a popular term for stereotypical male behaviours that are harmful to men and society as a whole. Is toxic masculinity to blame? for the recent rise in the number of boys worried about how they should look. And here are some of these stereotypical uh, 
toxic masculinity examples. And these were talked about and shared by some of my students as well. The first one was looking at self-sufficiently, self-sufficiency. Oh, my God, I speak today. It's that kind of day. Um, talking with others about your issues and concerns is seen as a sign of weakness. And I've got to say, and this idea that men don't cry, and I use this example in, I must use it at least once a month in, in my lesson for, for PSHE, RSHE, um, which is personal social health education. And the example I always use is, if you go out to the playground and there was a year 10 student crying, okay? Now let's imagine that going out in the playground and there's a year 10 girl student crying in the playground. And I say to the class, what is likely to happen? They will turn around and they will say, well, in that moment, probably all her friends are going to come up to her or people are going to be asking her what's wrong or they're going to be checking in with her and, you know, supporting her. And that's likely what's going to happen. And then we go, okay, well, let's switch that. Let's imagine now that there's a year 10 boy crying in the playground. What do you think will happen? Or what might likely happen? And we're going to have this discussion. And majority of the time, you know, most people will turn around and say, well, to be honest, their friends will probably just sort of laugh at them or tell them to get over it or kind of move on. Or they will probably just ignore them. They won't even go up to them. They won't even comfort them. And I thought that's that's really interesting that we have at such a young age and this idea that, you know, men can't cry or men can't show emotions. And I always say, you know, when I have my one-to-one with some of the boys or I'm chatting to my form or whatever it might be, and I say, well, actually, you can cry and, and there's nothing wrong with crying sometimes. All we need is a good cry. I have, and this is, uh, you know, disclosure time. I have sometimes um, watched, well, I say sometimes, it happens at least every year. When I start watching Britain's Got Talent, I don't know what it is, but just sometimes I will sit there and I'll watch these stories of people coming on and I'll just start crying. And sometimes I'll make myself rewatch it again so I can cry again about it. And I just... Have these moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so upset. I'm in tears. This is it. You know, all of those things. And that's absolutely fine. But they were saying that's one of the most, you know, most toxic things that they often get told. And, you know, Atlas and Copy putting in the chat there, you know, man up, don't be a girl. You know, the language is absolutely terrible. And absolutely, we, we looked at some more language and we looked at, you know, stop acting like a girl, grow a pair, have some balls, and um, take it like a man, big boys don't cry, all of these things. And I said to uh, the students I was teaching, I said, you know, how many of you have heard this? And, and you know, majority put their hand up. And how many of you have said this? And again, majority put their hand up again. And it's just we are our own worst enemies so often with all of these things. And we are often the ones that are causing the most harm and causing the most sort of toxic idea about it. And we, we've got to challenge it and we, we have to change it. 
And some of the other things that they were saying is, you know, acting tough. You know, a guy who doesn't fight back is weak. So many times I hear, yeah, but sir, like, man got to protect himself. And, you know, I've got to, you know, keep my pride. And if they do this, I've got to do that. And da-da-da and da-da-da. It just goes round and round and round. And, you know, the famous saying of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and the whole world will be blind and toothless or whatever it is. <laughs> right, vaguely, an eye for an eye and the whole world will be blind. I don't know where I got a tooth for a tooth. That must be in there somewhere. But it's this whole idea that, you know, the way to solve things is through violence, which we absolutely know is not the case at all. And then they came up with some uh, other interesting ones. We're talking about, you know, heterosexuality, uh, so being straight and this idea that, you know, being gay or not loving a woman is not seen as the norm and is not seen as being masculine or not seen as being male or being a real boy if you're doing those things which of course we know is absolutely ludicrous uh and not the case at all but we had a a discussion about not just this idea of, of sexuality but the other part to that comment which is to love a woman and Lots of men feel the the need or the must to get into a relationship, particularly one that is potentially sexual, with another girl because that's what boys do and that's what everybody has to do, particularly year nine. I don't know what it is. That is just always a year when things start bubbling and things start kicking and you know, they think, okay, to be a real boy, to be a real man, you've got to be in a relationship. You've got to be seen with somebody else. You've got to do this. And, you know, and if you don't, or you're not in a relationship, or you're not interested in girls, well, then you're not a real boy. And it was just that, that whole idea and that whole concept that these boys and the girls in the class particularly and it it was more interesting when we had this discussion that it was the girls in the class that were more open about it and they were more saying yeah the boys do this and why do they do that and do that and it's you know actually hearing the boys voices was the hardest part because they were often the ones sitting there not wanting to be as open. And I think that speaks volumes in itself. One of the other things that we discussed and was really important to me, men don't do household chores. Men should be the financial providers for their family. So the the idea that the man is the breadwinner and the woman is to clean, look after the family and look after the house. So students put their their hands up and told me a story that at home, their brother had had dinner and had been cooking and made a bit of a mess in the kitchen and then put it all in the sink to be washed up. 
The mum of this daughter and this family said to her that she needs to go and wash up. She turned around to her mum and said, but mum, I didn't cook, I didn't eat anything, that was my brother, which the mum knew. And the mum responded, yeah, but he's a boy and you're a girl and you need to learn how to look after the house. And so she had to wash up, even though it was her brother's. And to me, that was something that I was like, that's difficult. And we we talked about this and the girl said, it's because of culture. It's because of the way my family were brought up that I have to do this. And that is the norm, but I don't want it to be. And I think that's hard as a teacher to, you know, particularly when it comes to to culture and to to beliefs. And, you know, I've been brought up in in a very different world as the person next to me, as the person next to them and so forth. You know, we're all brought up in different ways. But how on earth, you know, is is a young person able or, you know, begin to navigate the world of being a boy and understanding their role in society and their role in the world around them if they are given this sense of entitlement that makes them feel they're above everybody else? And how do we as a school use, you know, particularly things like Movember and events such as Movember to, you know, really actually go back to the basics with some of this and and chat to the boys and and chat to students and go, actually, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? And I always say to them, well, let's look at what makes it, what makes us human, because that's the most important thing. You know, what makes us human? So often we spend so long looking at the differences rather than what makes us the same. And I think that's a way that we begin to tackle this idea of toxic masculinity and men not speaking, um, really not talking about their emotions. Because it's so difficult for men to to be open and to discuss things. And this was an example of a little mini spoken word poem that we were doing in the class. Being a man is to not cry. Being a man is being the breadwinner. Being a man is to see red. Being a man is to show strength like Hercules. Being a man is to have a beard. That is the stereotypical idea of this masculinity that we have in our society and what people think they have to be. And that's where we can use Movember to really challenge that and really break down what those stereotypes are. So whether it's growing a moustache, if if you're able to, (laughs) talking to a few people, they're always like, I want to grow one, but it will just be embarrassing because nothing will happen, so there's no point. Or whether it's just opening up those conversations, opening up that dialogue, and that's the massive starting point. 
just doing that makes an absolutely huge difference. And it's been amazing to see that so many schools um, have been getting involved and have been sharing their ways in which they will be celebrating Movember. For now, though, we're going to go and have a little look at uh, a quick chat uh, with your news before we come back and talk more about looking at Movember, what's happening and how we can tackle it as teachers and what indeed we are already doing as teachers in our schools. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. A number of studies have been carried out to find out the best ways to mitigate for pandemic-induced learning losses. Some which have been carried out in the US, Canada and Chile highlight the benefits of extending the school day. In 2020, school pupils in England lost an average of 40 days of school on site as a result of COVID. Despite schools providing online learning, there were still learning losses. The UK government has discussed the possibility of extending the school day with reports suggesting that the existing cap on the number of hours state school teachers can be asked to work could be lifted. Studies conducted in Latin America and the Caribbean have raised the psychological cost to teachers as a possible consequence. While there may be benefits, pupils would not benefit from being taught by teachers who are stressed and burned out. Teachers' needs and perspectives need to be taken into account for any educational recovery plan to be effective. In Northern Ireland, Education Minister Michelle McElveen has launched a £5 million scheme to support therapeutic and counselling services in primary schools. This new initiative, the Healthy Happy Minds Pilot Service, will run until March 2022. She said, The Healthy Happy Minds Pilot is one of a range of measures supporting the implementation of the children and young people's emotional health and well-being in the education framework, providing support to primary school pupils with an aim to prevent and reduce mental health issues. When we consider that 50% of mental health problems are established by the age of 14, the importance of promoting emotional health and well-being at the earliest age is clear. This has been your daily education news briefing. Good morning and welcome back to your Wednesday morning breakfast show with me, Jane Clark, live on Teach Talk Radio from North London.
this morning. We've been talking all about Movember, men's health, mental health, masculinity, toxic masculinity, and everything up to it. Don't forget, though, that you can join in with the conversation on Teach Talk Radio. Just go on Twitter and look up hashtag TT Radio. But for now, it's uh, a little bit of a quiz time. Um, and we are going to look at a quiz um, looking at testicular cancer in particular, um, another topic which is um, covered and explored through Movember and lots of schools will also be uh, looking at. And I'm actually going to use the resource that comes from the Movember lesson plan um, for you. So if you like the sound of this, you can go onto the Movember website and you can find their resources there, uh, which is also available on the PSHE Association. If you search it there, they will link you to the Movember website as well, um, just to chat through um, what they look like. So here are the questions uh, for you, and we will do this as a bit of a quiz, so I'll leave a pause after each one for you to have a think about what you think the answer is going to be. Some of these, uh, if you have been listening since the start of the show, we have covered already as well, so a bit of a retrieval practice, starter task, uh, for you as well to get your brains awake on this frosty Wednesday morning. Question one. What age group is most at risk from testicular cancer? Is it A, 15 to 45, B, 45 to 70, or C, 90? The answer is A, 15 to 45. So teenagers and young men have the highest incidences of testicular cancer. Next question, number two. Is testicular cancer more common in white men and boys? Your answers are a, yes, B, no, or C, it is equally spread out amongst racial groups. Is testicular cancer more common in white men and boys? What do we think? Is it A, yes, B, no, or C, it's equally spread out amongst the racial groups? The answer is... The answer is A. It is more common in white men and boys. A UK study has shown that white men have a higher risk of testicular cancer than men from other ethnic groups. We do not know why this is. An American study has shown that four times as many white men as black men get testicular cancer. It is important to emphasise to students that despite this discrepancy, boys and men of colour are still at risk of testicular cancer and should not 
self-examine any less frequently than white boys or men. Question three. If treated early enough, what percentage of boys and men survive testicular cancer? Is it A, 10%? Is it B, 55%? Or is it C, 95%? If treated early enough, what percentage of boys and men survive testicular cancer? Is it A, 10%, B, 55%, or C, 95%? The answer is indeed C, 95%. They are going to say that it is worth highlighting that in the 1970s, before the introduction of platinum chemotherapy treatment, some types of testicular cancer had survival rates as low as 10%. So this shows the importance that scientific research in cancer has had. If picked up at the earliest stages, the survival rate for testicular cancer is close to 100%, showing the importance of going to the doctor if there are any indicators of something wrong. There is still a lot of work to be done to move the 95% closer to 100% in the UK. One man with testicular cancer will die every week. There's also a need to be more research into how it reduces the long-term side effects of chemotherapy and how to help patients deal with the mental stress and diagnosis and treatment. Question four. Which of the following are potential symptoms of testicular cancer? Is it A, a swelling or a lump in either testicle? B, a change in the size and shape of testicle. C, enlargement or tenderness of the breast-ish tissue. The answer is D, all of the above. Common symptoms. The most common symptoms of a testicular cancer is a lump or swelling in part or one testicle. It can be as small as a pea or it can be much larger. Some sufferers notice An unusual difference between one testicle and the other, or the scrotum, may feel heavy. Although not usually painful, one in five sufferers get a sharp pain in the testicle as a first symptom. There are, however, less common symptoms. Sometimes testicular cancer spreads to the lymph glands at the back of the tummy, which can lead to aches or pains in the back, lower abdomen or groin. If cancer has spread to other lymph glands in the body, a person may feel lumps in other parts of the body, like the neck or collarbone, as well as the lymph nodes. Sometimes testicular cancer can spread to the lungs and can cause coughing or breathness. It is not common for testicular cancer to spread to other organs. We're now going to look at question five, and these are some amazing um, resources and and questions from the Movember website to to sort of have this discussion with students because it is so important. We know this impacts on young men from the ages of 15 up to 30. And if we are not having these discussions when they are in school and not educating them and making them aware of checking their bodies and recognizing when they need to go for support 
then our young men in the future will no longer be around. And and that sounds awful and it sounds very dramatic, but it, it is absolutely true. You know, we are not just educating for the sake of educating. We're educating in lots of ways to save lives. And this is a prime example of that. Question five for you is, is testicular cancer the most common cancer affecting all men? Is it A, yes, or B, no? Is testicular cancer the most common cancer affecting all men? The answer is no. Testicular cancer counts for one out of every 100 cancers, 1% diagnosed in men, but it is the most common cancer in young men, with the exception of Australia, where it is second to skin cancer. The most common cancer for a man in prostate is prostate cancer, but this is very rare in males under 40. Question six, and this is exactly why we are having these discussions and we are talking about this and wanting these discussions to take place in school. And question six is, Which of the following factors increase the risk of testicular cancer? Is it an undescended testicle which requires surgery to move down? Is it previously having cancer? Or is it C, family history of testicular cancer? Or is it D, all of the above? The answer here is, of course, all of the above. Other factors which have been shown to increase risks are fertility problems, medical abnormality of the penis or urethra, having HIV slash AIDS and other ethnic backgrounds. Question seven, if someone feels a lump in a test school, does it mean it is definitely cancer? Is the answer no or is it yes? The answer is no. The majority of testicular lumps are non-cancerous, but someone should still go to see a doctor if they feel anything out of the ordinary down there. It is possible for a large fluid-filled cess to develop in the testicle, which doctors can identify by shining a strong light throughout the testicle to see if the light passes through the area of swelling. Cancers are solid lymph that don't allow light to pass through, and doctors use a variety of scans such as ultrasound and MRIs to determine if any lumps or abnormalities are likely to be cancer and may look for hormone marks in the blood. Question eight is if testicular cancer has spread to other parts of the body, it A is difficult to treat, C can usually still be B can still usually be cured, or C testicular cancer cannot spread. What do we think is the answer? The answer, of course, is if testicular cancer spreads to other parts of the body, it be, can usually still be cured. If testicular cancer spreads, it tends to spread to the lymph nodes and sometimes the lungs. However, the cancer can usually still be cured. Two final questions for you now before we come towards the end of today's show. Number nine, if scans or blood tests indicate that there might be cancer in the testicle, the treatment options are A, surgical removal of the affected testicle, B, radiotherapy and chemotherapy, C, surgical removal of the lymph node from the penis, pelvis and abdomen, or D, all of the above. What do we think? 
The answer is indeed D, all of the above. Most men have the whole testicle removed, which will then be sent to a laboratory for examination under a microscope to determine if it contains cancer cells and what type these are. Results may take a few days. A surgeon can replace the testicle with a false one so that the scrotum appears normal after the operation. The groin of the scrotum may be uncomfortable for a week or so and stitches are normally taken out after a week. Heavy lifting or exercise can be resumed after about a month. Which is absolutely incredible that we have this level of technology. You know, if we go back, like, oof, not that long ago, you know, we were saying survival rate in the 70s or so was 10%, and now it's 100%, 90%, you know, in some cases. Question 10, and the final one. If someone has one testicle removed, they will, A, not be able to have children or sex, B, not be able to have children but still be able to have sex, or C, still be able to have children and sex? The answer is C, they will still be able to have children and sex, even if one testicle has been removed. Being able to have an erection and father a child will not be affected as long as one testicle is removed. Having cancer in both testicles is very rare. If both testicles are removed, a person will no longer be able to father children and will need to take male hormone replacement treatment to maintain their sex drive and the ability to have an erection. It can be possible to uh, bank sperm if both testicles must be removed to enable someone to father children in the future. So there is, we have it, a fantastic resource to sort of open up and and start that discussion um, on the Movember website. So do go and have a look at that. I've been listening to the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show with me, James Clark. It's been absolutely fabulous to have you as always. I do hope you will also stick around on Teach Talk Radio the rest of the day for the other upcoming shows. Talking about... Uh, Upcoming shows and things to watch out for. We have a giveaway happening on the Teachers Talk Radio Twitter at TT Radio 2021. You can miss, are you missing some of your lids from your glues? Have you run out of glue sticks already? You could enter the competition over on Instagram, apologies, not on Twitter, over on Instagram to win 100 glue sticks. Uh, this is such a, I love this because this is such a teacher. Um, uh, such a teacher thing, isn't it? We love we, we love a glue stick. Uh, but do head over to it and you can win that. 
All you need to do to do that is just to, uh, to be within a chance of winning, you need to go onto the Instagram, TT Radio 2021. You need to like that post and follow the account. You can tag as many friends as you like, and each tag is an extra entry. Share this post to your story and tag us for an extra five entries. The winner will be announced Sunday, the 7th of November, and the competition ends on the 7th of this month. So you need to get in soon at noon. Loads of people, I'm just having a look at this uh, now on Instagram to see what it's looking like with the competition. And I can already see lots of people, 160 plus people have been tagging away and adding people to this. So please, please, please get involved in that. It is, as they say on the Twitter, on the Instagram, sorry, every teacher's dream. Coming up today, though, there are some more amazing shows um, happening. So please do make sure you go and look at those. We've got the Twilight Show with at Lesson Copy happening today at 6 to 7.30. And they're looking for teachers to share their reflection on the start of their careers tonight on at TT Radio. So if you're a mentor, a lecturer, make sure you get involved in that conversation with Nathan and Glyn Ginn on tonight's twilight show is going to be absolutely amazing it's always a fantastic show so do go on to that as well do you remember though you can get involved in teacher talk radio and you can become a host uh, why not do that so dm us at tt radio 2021 to become a host on the show there's a great bunch of people to get involved in and we are always looking for more people to join us for that We've also got the Drive Home show happening today at 4 till 5.30 with the wonderful Harry Waters. And he's going to be joined by his special guest, Joan Ritter, who's a teacher, teacher trainer, writer and editor. And they'll be talking about her journey in ELT and how we can get the most of our young learners' classes. Throughout this week... And every day of the week, though, there is always conversations happening on Teacher Talk Radio, so you just need to keep on board. And the best place for that is to go to ttradio.org, where you will find absolutely everything there that you need. For me, though, this has been your Wednesday morning breakfast show. I have been James Clark, and it has been absolutely wonderful to be here with you all on this Wednesday. Um, Remember, you can catch up with all shows, not just by looking at the website, but also going onto Apple Podcasts or indeed Spotify and searching up Teachers Talk Radio. I'm going to head now and get ready to teach my fantastic uh, year 10 classes. And I hope you also have a fantastic day as well. Thank you for joining us wherever you've been joining us. We've had people today joining us from Ghana, from Spain and across the UK. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy. Look after each other. And thank you for joining us here on Teachers Talk Radio. I will see you next Wednesday, 7 o'clock until 8.30-ish on Wednesday, GMT time. See you then. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.